Friday, April 6th. So much to talk about from the real opening day, which was yesterday, which was Thursday. We got to talk about Nando's softball game on Wednesday. <laughs> I don't even know how that went. I'm looking forward to hearing about it. Welcome, everybody. We're going to help you set your lineup a little bit later for Fantasy Week 2, but really you're going to want to check the website and the planners for that over the weekend. Really, just not that much information we have right now. How do you know who you're going to start and sit in terms of your hitters? And We don't even know how they're performing yet. Adam Azer with Al Melchior and Nando DeFino. Send us an email, fantasybaseball at cbsinteractive.com, and put podcasts in the subject line. We're going to read a few of those later on today. Fellas, most impressive performance from opening day was? Uh, so many, but uh, hard to beat Roy Halladay because he was locked down in a uh, duel with Eric Bedard and came out on top. And Nando? Uh, you know, Ryan Dempster I've never been a huge fan of, but uh, that was I think that's impressive. That's textbook impressive. That's Darth Vader impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that from him. Yeah, he was great. So today we'll do three up. Originally I was thinking three up, three down, but we'll go four down today. Uh, they all follow the same theme. It's bullpen implosion day. Everybody sound the alarms. Time to panic. Some bullpens really melted down yesterday. Three up, four down, then the rotation, which is five pitchers to keep an eye on. You remember it from last year's show. Nando doesn't, so it's his introduction to three up, three down, <laughs> the rotation. We're going to be starting pretty much every show with that. But first, the Blue Jays and Indians, who stayed up and who watched through all of that game? Not me. <laughs> uh, the longest opener in baseball history. 16 innings, 7-4 the final score. And J.P. Aaron Sibia, I know, Nanda, you have him you have him in the podcast league? Uh, I might. I have too many leagues right now. I don't yeah. remember which one. <laughs> just assume Glad I have it's everyone. Not just me. I have everyone in any kind of league. Just So, yeah, I own him. <laughs> well, he was over 6 with 3 strikeouts before he hit his 3-run homer, which, he, which won the game for them, which he did after failing to get down a bunt on the previous pitch. Now, isn't that J.P. Aaron Sibia just all condensed into one game. Well, I don't know about the whole failing to get a bunt down. Yeah, but, <laughs> but the three strikeouts and then the game-winning homer. Exactly, exactly. And if you're wondering, no save for Sergio Santos because he did not pitch a full inning. And I believe the tying run was not on deck when he came in. He only got two outs, so he got the final outs in the 16th, but he didn't get a save. Three up. Austin Jackson and Johnny Peralta each had three hits. Who were you more encouraged by, Nando? Uh, Austin Jackson. I think you know he, the speed would have always been there for him, but I think a lot of the concerns with him is his batting average and having him get three hits in that first day. That, that's the Austin Jackson I know and love. And uh, Al, three up number two, is uh, Juan Rivera. So a little bit deeper leagues here. So he hit fifth for the Dodgers. Got some guys who were going to get on base and score some runs in front of him. He doubled. He had two hits. He scored a run. And he's only owned in 9% of leagues. Is that too low? It's a little too low. Um, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people didn't draft him, and you know, maybe now they'll pick him up, pick Rivera up, uh, because there was some concern still about whether or not Jerry Sands was going to win that job. Uh, he did not. So, But, no, I think Rivera deserves to be owned probably in, well, definitely in all NL-only leagues, so it should be more than 9%. Who would rather have him or David DeJesus? Uh, I would rather have DeJesus because I still think Rivera's not going to keep that starting job all year long, and DeJesus, uh, I think, very likely will keep his. Deep leagues here, Rivera or Josh Reddick? Yeah, Josh Reddick. I like the power there, even in Oakland. Nando, any disagreements? Uh, I just like Rivera's power over both of those guys, so I might lean a little bit Rivera, but Al's argument that he's probably not going to hold on to the job might not even play every day. It might go beyond not even holding on to the job. It might be, you know. Four out of every six days, you might see him. It could could be. I mean, there are plenty of people who think that Jerry Sands just isn't you know ready for uh, major league, not ready for prime time. But I'm I'm not one of them. <laughs> but his power, I think, I don't know. At least look at that little nugget that he has a lot more power than those two yeah. guys. All right, three up number three is Jack Hanahan. 
He's owned in two percent of leagues. Opening day third baseman for the Indians went two for six with three RBIs, scored a run, hit a home run. You like him better or worse than Scott Rowland, Al? Oh, boy. Um, I like Roland better. I mean, I think both probably will wind up getting similar numbers of at-bats, hand-to-hand, because he'll be pushed by Chisholm Roland because he'll be pushed by his back, his <laughs> knee, his, you know, whatever. Um, father time. Father time. There you go. Pushing him off a cliff. Um, so, <laughs> uh, in the end, uh, but I just, I like Roland's skill set better. And, uh, you know, and plus he'll stay a regular, again, as long as he stays healthy. Nando, Hanahan or Ian Stewart? Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of the change of scenery boost, so I'm going to go with Ian Stewart on this one, although it's not like I hate Hanahan. Uh, just somebody Ian Stewart that I just give a little twinkle in his eye that I kind of oh, like. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I saw him yesterday. He looked, I mean, he looked pretty comfortable and good. He was just thrilled to be out of Colorado. I think that's that what was, it is, yeah. I don't know what, what the poison was there, but there's just certain players like Kevin Slowey when he left Minnesota and, and they couldn't show him the door fast enough. I don't know what Ian Stewart did in Denver to... Not ingratiate himself, but yeah, change of scenery will do him good. Former top prospect, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's got to be worth something. So four down now. Usually we do three down, but this is the closer edition. All right, so i got to ask you now we're starting four down. So who is the John Axford yeah. of 2012? Because if, if I recall correctly, there was a little freak out uh-huh. uh, across the table for me here. Wait, uh, last year about Axford? Last, last year about <laughs> Why Axford. are you bringing up your own freak out? I freaked out about Axford? Didn't you? I don't know. I thought you did. No, I very well may have. I have a terrible memory. <laughs> So you can make up a lot of things this year and tell me it happened, and I'll agree. But if you think I I freaked out about Axford, um, I would freak out about Chris Perez. I'll tell you what, and this is applicable here. I own Chris Perez in one of my three leagues. I'm only in three, so I can remember who's in which league. Uh, I'm not dropping Vinny Pistano. I drafted Pistano because Perez was hurt when we had the draft. And I just kept him on the roster, whatever. I'm not going to drop him until I feel better about Chris Perez, who got destroyed, lit up for three runs in two-thirds of an inning yesterday. Yeah, but, you know, he's got that look like a closer, man. He's got the crazy long hair and the beard wow. going. That doesn't do anything for that, my that's fantasy not what a, That's team. not what a middle reliever looks like. That's what a closer looks like. It's like scripted out of Moneyball. He's got the good face. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but I, I think uh, – I don't know if it might be a little bit of a lingering injury that he still might have or what, but I'm not worried about him. I know it sucked. I watched I watched him give up that long fly ball that was so close to a home run, but bounced off the wall in, uh, in left field. Right. Um, he looked fine outside of the blowups, <laughs> for what that's worth. All right. So you're not you're not panicking over Chris Perez. I'm not happy, but I'm not panicking. Well, the four guys we're talking about, really five guys: Carlos Marmol, Perez, Carlos Marmol, uh, Jose Valverde, who allowed three hits and two runs in an inning. And then the Boston bullpen, which followed up Valverde's act with Melanson struggling, and then Aceves. And Aceves ended up, you know, giving up the game-winning run. He only faced two hitters. He hit the first guy he faced, and then the infield came in, and he gave up kind of like a chopper. It was Austin Jackson, right? I think it was Austin Jackson got the hit and the game-winning hit. Yes, yeah, it was. Um, you know, looking at the highlight, I didn't see that one live. Aceves, not like he got crushed. But anyway, those guys, Perez, Marmol, Aceves, Melanson, Valverde, who sticks out to you as the big loser here? I'd say Melanson because if there was any shred of a hope that he was going to close, he, uh, he didn't help his case there. So, yeah, no, I think that's uh, the guy who is going to feel the biggest impact. He oh. could have just pulled a Dwight Howard, though. You know, screw it. You don't want me as my closer? Fine. I'll just I'll lay down here in the middle relief. <laughs> and, and fire Bobby Valentine while you're at it, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. And then put my arm around him in a press conference. <laughs> well, that was an awesome 
sports moment. And as a Knicks fan, it was great that they played them last night and beat the <laughs> life out of them. The thing I find interesting about these closers is that you guys, Nando, I don't know what your preseason rankings were, but I know for Alan Scott, you weren't too high on any of these guys, right? I mean, I remember thinking Valverde. He was 49 for 49 last year, and he's so far down in your rankings. And then he comes in, and he's 0 for 1 now. It's, that's really funny because Valverde, to me, was the one that was a little bit of a surprise. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, compared to last year, I saw him taking a, a big dip in value. But you're right. The other four guys uh, were all guys I pretty much wanted to avoid. Yeah. Uh, well, if you're somebody who has a great, like a Papel bond, you're feeling pretty good about yourself today. He got a save yesterday. The rotation five pitchers who caught our eye from yesterday. There were a lot of pitchers. I mean, it was a great day for pitchers, but some of them that stood out, Johan Santana, five innings, no runs, two hits, two walks, two strikeouts against the Braves. Nando, sell high? Uh, <laughs> no, I think, you look, he only had two strikeouts. Yeah. Keep going, and he only pitched five innings. You know, next time he could be six, and he could have seven strikeouts. I hope so. Wait until then, and then sell high. I think he's going to be good for the first at least two months. Okay, Justin Masterson now struck out 10 Blue Jays in eight innings. This was great. We, in all preseason, we were saying he's going too low. What a great start. Yeah, it is a great start. And you talk about, uh, you know, if you're going to be encouraged by one game, and again, I would never just take one start all that seriously, but this is a good one because Masterson did not finish strong last season. So coming right out of the gate with a, a, an excellent start. And this is the Masterson we saw for about the first five months last year. And he gave up two hits and one run before Chris Perez kind of blew it for him. Edinson Volquez, Al, you know, when we spoke about him, we talked about the bad spring performances. You looked at his walk-to-strikeout ratio. So he faced the Dodgers yesterday. Five innings, three hits, two earned, four walks, seven strikeouts. What do you think about that line? I think that that's the, you know, if we had done, and we'll, we'll be doing this again this year, I'm sure, right? Predicting lines like we, we done. Oh, yeah, we're going to have to do that. Sure. You know, I think I would have been pretty close on that one <laughs> with Volquez. That's, a, that's an Edison Volquez start. Al was leaning over my computer today when we were looking at the box scores. He, he was just, yep, that's an Edison Volquez. <laughs> <laughs> All right, is the, are the four walks more discouraging than the seven strikeouts are encouraging? Uh, I would say actually that the the because the four walks in in five innings you pretty much expect from Volquez three or four walks in five innings he's going to do that the seven strikeouts um, that's that's pretty encouraging so uh, not so much that I'm really changing my view on him really at all but that's you know it's a good sign look as long as this is in Petco and those home runs aren't going to be flying out of the park that are scoring those walks mm-hmm. that, I mean that's why that's why he's encouraging in in, in San Diego at least mm-hmm. sure. Steven Strasburg, Ryan Dempster were both very good. Strasburg, seven innings, five hits, one run, or, uh, five strikeouts. Dempster showed him up. Ten strikeouts and seven and two-thirds. Nando, you said it was uh, the performance that really caught your eye. He's owned in 82% of leagues. If he's available in one of your leagues, one of your 17,000 leagues, are you going to go pick him up? <laughs> no, I'm still, I mean, you know, we say don't panic. I think we should also say don't overreact. It's just, I don't know. I think the next start could be four and two-thirds with ten runs and two strikeouts with Dempster. Yeah, I like Dempster a lot better than you do. And I mean, in that <laughs> said, to me, he's still probably a, a number five guy in mixed leagues. But he is a, a mixed league guy. And um, this was a pretty depleted uh, Nats lineup, too, that Dumpster faced. So uh, you know, he's, you're probably not going to see 10 strikeouts from him every time out, but he's a, still a good strikeout guy. LaRoche struck out three times all by himself. Yeah. That's, you know, that might not be Dempster thing as much as a LaRoche thing. Yeah, well, we'll talk about him a little bit later, but well, LaRoche that is. But Dempster, all right, I got a prediction. I don't know if it's a bold one or not. You guys can let me know that. Ryan Dempster, from this point forward, will have a better year than Johan Santana. 
And if someone offered me Dempster for Santana, I'd make the deal right now. Wow. Wow. That's, 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 I, I that's like Dempster. Bold. I think you know, yeah. he had, a, if I remember correctly, a bad first half last year, and then he was pretty damn good um, at, at one point, at least late in the season in 2011. And a guy can strike people out, and I, I think he's underrated. Bad first month, in fact. Okay. The, the, that was, and I think he had one start where he made it like a third of an inning or something, gave up nine or ten runs. And that, that start alone just uh, really trashed his stat line for the whole year. Um, yeah, from May on, he had a sub-4 ERA, pretty much what you expect from him every year. And he had been very consistent year to year. So, But to get back to your, your proposal, um, Santana versus Dempster, I think they're pretty even. Um, if I had Santana, I probably wouldn't make that trade because I like the upside better. But if if I had to, you know, make a, a prediction, where's the bull? You know, where's the bullseye on these guys? Where are they going to hit? I'd say they're going to wind up very, very similar in value. I would take that trade if I had Dempster right now. You take that? So- oh yeah. In fact, check one of our many leagues, and if I, <laughs> if that if that's an actual scenario, propose it, and I'll hit accept. Okay. And I'll give you one of those notes too in the bottom. Hey, now, man, the only up? league I have, <laughs> the only league that I have Santana, and I'm not in that league with you, but. Uh, I will say that it's it's a largely because I think Santana will at some point be on the DL. Uh, you know, I think last year was the, was the time if they would have rushed him back and you know like how so he's going to be back in June. No, wait, I'm sorry, July, oh, no, oh, September. I think then if they would have rushed him back, it might have made it worse. Uh, now I'm going to guess that he might be in the clear. I don't know how high his innings are going to go, just a precautionary measure. But that's a very smart front office they got in New York. They have, like 14, <laughs> they have like 14 GMs running that place. <laughs> Everyone's been a GM at some point, and then you can become part of the Mets front office. So I think they, they at least know what they're doing uh, more so than, than a, just a one GM front office. Finally in the rotation, Eric Bedard. Nando, this is your boy. That's my boy. 59% of leagues, seven innings, six hits, one run, one walk, four Ks, one earn run against the Phillies. And your thoughts on Bedard? I'm just, I was wearing a grin through that entire game. I mean, he was dueling with Roy Holiday, which, you know, this line, maybe against some other team, might have gotten him the win. Uh, you know, would like he looked see, good. Would like to see some more strikeouts. I don't know why. Is this, he's only 59% of leagues he's owned? Yeah. You, you own him now. If your problem with Bedard is he's going to get hurt, own him now and dump him later when he gets hurt. I don't know why he's not up at 80. Maybe he will be by next week. He is so underrated, and I, this just brings me back to the day that the Pirates signed him. And, of course, you know the newsroom here. We're glued to Twitter you know, a lot of days. And I remember seeing one little tweet, you know, Eric Bedard signs deal with Pirates. And, I, you know, and usually when there's a big signing in the offseason because there's not as much going on, Twitter just kind of explodes. Nobody else mentioned it for like an hour. <laughs> Well, that, when he's healthy, he's good. And that's kind of the story with him. Like, nobody notices him. But uh, you're right. When he's healthy, think about a year ago. He, uh, he got off to a great start with the Mariners. Let's go to the news and notes here. Clayton Kershaw left after three innings because of a stomach flu. So don't worry about him. Andres Torres to the DL. Oh, starts off so badly for the Mets. <laughs> Somebody said they're already in midseason form. I wish you remember that. Adam Ronis, the guy from, from Sirius, sent out a tweet. He's, you know, yeah. The Mets are already in midseason form. And uh, Andres Torres to the DL. Well, he had calf problems before, though, right? It wasn't just totally out of the blue. Uh, I'll be honest. I don't recall. I mean, what I remember was the appendectomy a couple years back. Um, entirely possible, but okay. uh, not that I recall. Who replaces him? Uh, probably Scott Hairston. He's actually who filled in for him uh, in the game yesterday. And, uh, you know, they'll uh, get some reinforcements from the minors, uh, probably Newenhouse, which I'm probably not pronouncing correctly. They, that's the guy I was thinking of. But I think Hairston's going to get the starts. And really not, not relevant other than deep formats, right? And not only, he's fine. Okay. Drew Storen's rehab slowed a bit. He may be back by the end of the month. Brad Lidge got the save, and Brad Lidge is owned in 28% of leagues, Nando. Should be, should be closer to 98. 
It's, yeah. I mean, at least for now, dump him later. But, I mean, if you've got like a Roy Oswald dangling on your bench, drop him and pick up Lidge. Why not get those saves while you can? Absolutely. Michael Morris already made a rehab assignment, so that's good news. Rangers first baseman Mitch Moreland will not face lefty John Danks today, but uh, Ron Washington said Moreland will be in the lineup a lot against left-handed pitchers. And then I don't know if this is newsworthy at all. With Chipper out, Marcin Prado played third base for the Braves. Matt Diaz was in the outfield. They'll probably shuffle different guys in and out, right? I think Prado will get the bulk of the starts there, but uh, sure, they can they can mix and match a little bit. Yeah, Prado will be in, but it'll be either at third base or outfield, I was thinking. And then... Well, but no, I meant third base, oh, okay. right. Yeah. Okay. More from around baseball before we get into the planners. All right, why are we not buying, unless we are, Johnny Cueto as an ace? <laughs> Seven shutout innings against the Marlins and a 2-3-1 ERA last season. I think the reason is, you know, it's a reason that we don't get more hype about a lot of really good pitchers, which is he's no longer a strikeout guy. He's a ground ball guy, and he's just as effective. In fact, more effective now uh, with the new wind-up, which actually isn't that new anymore, but, you know, the high ground ball rate, but, uh, you know, getting about two fewer Ks per nine innings, and uh, that doesn't make him quite as attractive in a lot of fantasy leagues. He looked very Hideo Nomo-ish yep. with that little turn when he's, when he's starting I think to Alou pitch. Tiant. Turns around. And, oh, yeah, maybe that's more like it. I, I was going, I guess I, I don't have that frame of reference. <laughs> <laughs> oh! I'm showing my age, man. I'm a young 33. Hideo Nomo, I'm sorry. <laughs> Al with the Louis Tiot reference. All right. You <laughs> uh, couldn't just let me have my Nomo. Good start for <laughs> Javi Guerra owners. Guerra got the save. Kenley Jansen allowed two runs. So you're feeling good if you own Guerra. Frank Francisco worked the scoreless ninth for the save for the Mets. He had some troubles this spring. Uh, just, uh, you know, we like to throw in these guys in deeper leagues. Darnell McDonald for the Red Sox. He pinch ran. He stole a base. Believe I'm almost positive he scored a run. He's unowned. You know, I, I'm not going to put him in the Juan Pierre category because Pierre could be in the mix for more starts, but is he a guy, McDonald, that in deep leagues you need steals, you could you can get him? Yeah, and he's not going to be just a pinch runner. Bobby Valentine has him in this weird three-way platoon where Ross is going to play every day and, uh, and he and Sweeney are going to, going to kind of rotate in the different outfield positions. So in the very deep roto leagues, I mean, he's got the speed. I don't know how often they're going to cut him loose, but who knows? Uh, John Mayberry, speaking of Juan Pierre, Mayberry trying to fight him off. Uh, two hits, an RBI, a double. He also struck out twice. We've been talking about him a lot lately, so good to see him get off to a good start. You guys care that Carlos Ruiz singled three times and drove in a run? Not so much. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, as far as the hitters go, we certainly don't want to overreact on opening day. Three hits and a game-winning RBI for Ian Desmond and a stolen base, and he's owned in 51% of leagues. Is Ian Desmond under-owned, Nando? Maybe. I get, the two Ians don't get enough respect here. Ian Desmond, Ian Stewart, but I think Desmond's oh, the Ian one Stewart. who— Stewart. I was like, who's the other Ian? <laughs> yeah, there are two Ians floating around in Major League, maybe more. Ian I Kennedy. Yeah, that's right, Ian hidden, Kennedy. Hidden Ians. That's right. There's, a lot of, there's an Ian problem plaguing Major League <laughs> Baseball. Yeah, 51 seems a little low for a guy who's going to play every day and you know, has, a, you know, has that same kind of label as Ian Stewart. He's a, he's a prospect uh, who just kind of hasn't hit his full potential yet. And Adam LaRoche, we will talk about him. He's a first baseman. You, know, you think about the first baseman in the National League. And after Joey Votto, it's just like, who? But Adam LaRoche, 0 for 3 with three strikeouts. He's owned in 32% of leagues. Rate these three guys. LaRoche, LaHare, Alonzo. I'll take that backwards, I think. Alonzo, then LaHare, then LaRoche. I really worry about LaRoche, not because of the three whiffs unto themselves, but um, just didn't have a great spring. I think he's just still not fully healthy yet. 
Okay. Nando? I like LaHare Alonzo LaRoche. I'm with Al on LaRoche being down, but I kind of like um, I kind of like LaHare playing in that tiny park a little better than Alonzo playing the very large one. Nice start for Zach Cozart. Two hits, one of them a double, and Colby Rasmus, Al. You don't like him that much, <laughs> and he went 0-4-7. Yeah. Reinforcing That's thoughts. right. Reinforcing my negative biases. Hey, I want to jump back to the uh, Tigers-Red Sox for a second because sure. uh, yeah, you were talking about Darnell McDonald and then that you were talking about the whole outfield situation. And I, I didn't uh, check on how Ryan Sweeney did. I knew he'd gotten a, a hit or two, but he did. He got a triple. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of talk uh, about, you know, well, why did they go to the trouble getting Sweeney? Why is he, you know, they're settling for him in, in right field? And I know a lot of people like him as a fit for Fenway Park as a line drive hitter who can, you know, hit a lot of doubles and triples. And he hit a triple yesterday, so not in Fenway, but it was no, a triple. That's, oh, that's true. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, right. That was at Comerica, but uh, you know, but that's the kind of hitter he is. So uh, you could see more of that when they do return home. And he started, or was he a pitch yes. hitter? Yes, no. He uh, Sweeney started. Went okay. two for four. I and think that, it's going to be Sweeney or McDonald every day with Cody Ross until Carl Crawford comes yeah, back. Right. Valentine's plan was Cody Ross, and then either Sweeney or McDonald, depending on who facing lefty or righty. So the hitting planner now. This is really Scott's thing. And to be quite honest with you, um, you know, you're probably best served just checking it out on the website because Scott's going to update it. But what I, what I will give you are his sleepers and busts at each position for Fantasy Week 2. And we start with Catcher, and his sleeper for Fantasy Week 1 was Wilson Ramos. It's also Wilson Ramos in Fantasy Week 2. So you might want to get him in there for the week of April 9th through the 15th. Ryan Domit is his bust for Fantasy Week 1. Or for Fantasy Week 2, excuse me. I'm very interested to see how that shakes out. I know we talked about it. Do we have any insight? I mean, they don't play their first game until this afternoon. So to see where he'll be with Chris Parmalee at first and, and Justin Morneau at DH. Yeah, he might be a guy you want to avoid. Yeah, I do recall reading somewhere, and I don't remember where, that uh, they were planning on starting Domit in right field today. I saw that as well, yeah. Um, you know, and sure, I mean, there, there's actually there's an opening there, so... Um you know, maybe I overstated it the other day, but I, I am curious to see, and I do want to see what pattern emerges there before I uh, trust Domit, uh, certainly in any kind of mixed league. All these haters, man. All these Domit haters. I don't get I, it. I'm, well, I'm, I'm not a Domit hater. Maybe more of a Garden <laughs> Hire uh, hater because right. I don't trust him to play. <laughs> Look what he did with Kadire. Well, when yeah. Kadire was, you know, the early, the early version of Kadire, Kadire Beta, <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he bounced all over the place. Uh, first base now. Sleeper for week two is Justin Smoke. The Mariners play seven games. The first four are in Texas. The bust for fantasy week two is Freddie Freeman. <clears throat> Could you see yourself starting Smoke over Freeman if you had that option? Uh, I'd rather just have them both. Like I do uh, on most of my teams, I have them both. I have Freeman at first and, and Smoke playing in my corner utility. So I, I don't know. I don't, don't make me choose. Sophie's choice. No. <laughs> okay. Well, Smoke does have good matchups. So if you have him, he's a guy you might want to get in your lineup. Second base sleeper for week two is Danny Espinosa. Al, I know that's not he's not one of your favorite players. Yeah, I mean, but that nothing nothing wrong with that uh, with good matchups. Uh, and uh, where where do you have where they're playing? Uh, like what? Yeah, what it looks like he's got the Mets and the Reds. Yeah, so it's in Cincinnati. He could jack a couple. If, yeah, if it's in Cincinnati, I'm not sure where they're playing that series. Scott's. Um Scott's thoughts on him are that even though he fared better against lefties than righties last season, and he's facing six righties this week, they are Pelfrey, Dylan G, Arroyo, Homer Bailey, not exactly imposing righties. So I think what you take away from that is that your Nationals hitters, they have some good matchups next week. You might want to get them in your lineup. 
Jason Kipnis is the bust for Fantasy Week 2. Uh, he is playing the Royals, but Kipnis will face three lefties, so not a good time to start Jason Kipnis. Um, Robinson Cano or Jason Kipnis next week, Nando? Oh, I think Robinson Cano. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Come on, man. It's early. Don't make me choose. <laughs> yeah, right? It's not exactly smoking free. Well, that's, that's a different... <laughs> Third base. Sleeper for Fantasy Week 2 is Matt Gamel. And the bust for Fantasy Week 2 is Mike Aviles. Uh, Gamel, better against righties and lefties. And the Brewers have seven games. Only one of... Uh, five of them are against righties, so only two are lefties. All right, so Matt Gamble's good. Mike Avila's bad. Shortstop, your sleeper is Zach Cozart, and your bust is Jed Lowry. And he's a little Did banged Scott up. Did Scott write this? Yeah, I know, right? What happened there? Great start for Zach Cozart, though, so encouraging Thursday. We'll see how he does the rest of the weekend. And the one thing I should say is that Scott will be here on Monday. We have some early games on Monday. I think we get started at 1 Eastern. But we'll have the podcast out before that. Scott's going to update his hitting planner. We'll have a lot more updated information for you uh, about Scott's hitting planner, about who you should start and who you should sit on Monday morning. So, again, the sleeper at shortstop is Zach Cozart. The bust for Fantasy Week 2 is Jed Lowry. And we're going to do pitchers in just a moment, but let's get to the outfield. Melky Cabrera and David Murphy are sleepers for Week 2. Carlos Lee and Josh Willingham are busts. For week two. So if you had Carlos Lee and you had David Murphy, would you start Murphy over Lee? I love David Murphy. Yeah, I think I would. I love him. All right. And we'll roll the dice on Melky Cabrera. <laughs> I don't know why that's laughable, Al. <laughs> he, he just, that was very heartfelt. Oh, yeah. Well, he, yeah doesn't get, he, he doesn't get the respect, I think. He doesn't get the playing time, first of all. And then I think once yeah. he gets the playing time, not, not a Jose Bautista level of, of explosion, but... You know, I think with a little more regularity, he'll be able to showcase his skills a little more. Yeah, I mean, no, I think he's an underrated guy because he's the type that does pretty well in a lot of different categories. But like you say, you know, he's not going to be a 25-homer guy, you know, but uh, you just, we're effusive. <laughs> and Scott's got some shaky starts here in the outfield, well, at every position, but in the outfield, look, he said that Jed Lowry is a bust out, and he said Lucas Duda is a shaky start. Man. What's going on here? Well, I'm worried about out. Scott. <laughs> Lucas Duda didn't have a good day yesterday, too. So I am especially worried about Scott. Uh, Brett Gardner is a shaky start, and I would think that has to do with potential lefties in the lineup. Now, what do you think about Brett Gardner? Watching him, I just don't understand how he has such a low, had such a low batting average. Do you think that comes up this year? I, I don't know. If you look at his minor league numbers, I think one year he hit like 368. He was like the, the leading batter in all the minor leagues, and that kind of followed him through all the minors. Um, I always thought a Gardner is, you know, a guy could potentially hit 310, 320. So. Yeah, right? I mean, just put the bat on the ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is. I, it's maybe because they keep jerking him around the lineup. I, I don't know if that can mentally affect someone that much, but well, I really have with Alfonso Soriano in, in Chicago, right? Yeah, but Soriano had the power. Gardner's not really a 30 home run guy. Not quite. Yeah, but I, I think I'd still have him pegged as a 310 hitter. I, I'm going to, you know, chalk it up to aberration and say his skill level is at about 300. Do you think he'll hit 300 this year? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, I, don't, I, I can see how it couldn't happen based on you know, what we've seen in the majors from him, but what we've seen at every other level that he's played, he's been an, an excellent hitter. Well, I think we have our first podcast wager. <laughs> Brett Gardner, over under 300. Nando says over. Al says? Uh, 
I'll take the under on that. Al, you don't say the under if you don't fully believe in this here. Well, it's, you know, I actually think he, you know, it's going to be very close. So I had to think about it, but my gut tells me under. I'm going under. I think he's in the 285 range. I'll just throw that out there. Ready for the pitching planner, Al? <laughs> sure. We're talking two start pitchers here. Who do you want in your lineup? I'm All right. Go ahead and start Jared Weaver. Yes, yeah, Jared Weaver, Clayton <laughs> Kershaw, Roy Halladay, you know, Go ahead and feel free to start those guys. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of good starters and, you know, notably Cole Hamels and C.J. Wilson and you Darvish add to that list, you know, guys who didn't get to start at all in week one. So they'll double dip in week two. And that's generally the case with the guys that you didn't get to start this week. We'll get two starts uh, next week. Also, Matt Moore. So the, he'll make up for his absence uh, this week. But I think really the more interesting guys are, you know, further down the list, guys who are owned to maybe 70, 60 percent of leagues or fewer and um, I think, you know, one of the guys that might be sort of on the bubble, in fact, I've already received some tweets, you know, questions about whether he's not he's a good start. Uh, uh, Von Nova uh, with starts at Baltimore and versus the Angels. I like those matchups pretty well, even though um, he'll get uh, Madison and Wilson as opposing pitchers in those games. But I think those are good matchups for Nova. Uh, Chris Sale started excuse me, just 70% or uh, owned in 70% of leagues, uh, gets the Indians at progressive field and he goes uh, at home against uh, the Tigers versus Rick Porcello. Really, really like those matchups uh, for Chris Sale. Yeah. How much do you like him? Do you like him enough to bench a stud closer in a head to head league and put him in as, as an RP guy? You know, let's say, would you start him over Mariano Rivera? You know, I wouldn't because, um, I mean, I'm going to have, I'm assuming I have at least two relief spots, and I can't imagine putting another reliever ahead That's of Rivera. That's true. So let's say a lesser reliever. Um, yeah. Grant Ball, four. That's a no-brainer. And pretty much any reliever that's uh, for, for no-brainer for sale. And if it's any reliever who's not in the top six, seven, okay. I'm, I'm starting sale. So Valverde? Yeah, I'm starting sale. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Chris Sale. And not only uh, decent matchups, but... You know, Detroit could be tough, but it's Big Park. But Josh Tomlin and Rick Porcello, those are winnable opponents. Well, Adam, you got you got Feliz. I do. Would you put him ahead of Rivera? No. Ah. Um, I want to see it from – I want to see – you know, it's the first week that we're going to be seeing these guys. Well, let's see. Feliz is Seattle and Minnesota. Ooh, man, that's tough. I didn't know who he was facing. Seattle and Minnesota. Uh, and it's at Minnesota. Man, those are some bad lineups and a huge park – no, I, I don't think I would, but I would start him over a lot of relievers. I mean, definitely, like you said, with Sale, Al, I would start Feliz over any of the non-top six or seven closers, sure. Yeah, I would too. And uh, just to continue, uh, throw out a couple more names, uh, and i got to throw this one out, Henderson Alvarez. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and initially was supposed to start in week one, but uh, the Blue Jays juggled their rotation. So uh, Alvarez uh, double dips. He gets the Red Sox and the Orioles. Uh, that's Brian Mass's second start uh, with the Orioles. And not, uh, you know, uh, a perfect week in terms of matchups, but uh, I like Alvarez as a two-start guy almost probably just about any week. How about Felix DeBrant? At Toronto, home against Tampa Bay. I have a feeling he's going to get his teeth kicked in <laughs> in Toronto. Uh, one, at least one of those starts. Uh, and I, I like Dubrant long term, but this is in a standard mixed league. This is not the week that I'm going to um, give him a whirl. Um, you know who I like, though? And I know I just said I like Sale against Tomlin. 
Um, but Tomlin gets a second start at Kansas City against Luis Mendoza, who I'm a little iffy about. And, you know, the thing with Tomlin is that you get him in a pitcher's park, and so he's got one start at home where he's really good, one start in KC where it's hard to give up home runs, and he's a big-time fly ball guy. I think it could be a nice week for Tomlin. So uh, in deeper leagues, to me, it's a no-brainer to start Tomlin. And in a mixed league, if you're really scrapping for alternatives and you really want to get to start guy in there, I think Tomlin is actually worth a shot. Uh, not know anybody jump out at you on these lists? I mean, the fact there are five, six relief pitcher-eligible guys with two-star weeks next week, Wow, it's very intriguing to me. Um, I like Hector Noesi. He's one of them. I think, you know, he's, he's doable in the deep leagues as a starting pitcher. You don't have to put him in a relief spot to, to try and get those points, but I like him. There's something about him I like. I know it's not pretty at Texas. but oh, that's, that's a concern. Yeah. But home against Oakland's not a huge concern. I just think he's 16% owned. I, I think by the end of the year, he'll be 60. Noesi or Tomlin? Uh, I like Noesi, actually. Al? I like Tomlin. The The matchups for Noesi concern me a little bit. Want to roll the dice on Luis Mendoza in an RP spot? He's got Oakland on the road and Cleveland at home. That's not bad. Yeah, no, I mean, this is probably as good a week as any, um, but I'm probably still not starting Mendoza outside of AL only, even with two starts. All right, some of these two-start guys, like um, let's say an Edwin Jackson at the Mets and home against the Reds. Would you start a two-start Edwin Jackson or a one-start Irvin Santana, and forgive me, I I would say he's probably probably the Twins. Maybe I don't know who he's facing. Um, Irvin Santana. Uh, offhand, I do not know. Um, but would you rather start? You know, but how do you make how do you make those decisions, Nando? When you got a two start guy on your bench and you're trying to decide two start guy with good matchups or a one start stud? Uh, well, the format of the league, you know, we're playing both points and roto, and if it's not roto, roto yeah, not roto. Well, whatever. Go ahead. Well, no, no. Go I mean, ahead. like with the, with the with the strikeouts coming your way with the two starts in one week, you're going to win that category. We do head to head roto in the, in one of these leagues in the 360 league mm-hmm. and uh, categories. You mean? Yeah, categories. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think that's where where the the two start guy is a lot more valuable um, because you're racking up those strikeouts and you're earning that category basically. Especially if you're punting one of the categories, you know, you got to guarantee you're winning the rest of them. Uh, in points, you know. You get those inning pitched points, it's, it's very tantalizing in some of those leagues to get three points per innings pitched, uh, which is also going to help. And the strikeouts, obviously, with the counting, but you're also giving up a lot more hits and getting the negatives. So uh, I just basically decided if I like the guy or not. In this case, I like Edwin Jackson. Okay. Yeah, you know what? I pro- if the choice really came down to Jackson versus Santana, I would go Santana. But there would definitely be somebody deeper in my rotation that would be expendable. I'm, I would most likely. Um, so I would want to get Jackson in there, but I wouldn't want to have to do it at the expense of Irvin Santana. So how about like a a two start Josh Tomlin or a one start um, Mike Leake? Unless he's a two-star pitcher. He's a two-star pitcher. Uh, but for yeah. this scenario, but, yeah. I think that's a fair enough question. You know, the equivalent of Mike Leak. Leak, Leak <laughs> is, you know, Leak is iffy enough that I would, I would uh, take two stars from Tomlin. All right. Yeah. So look at the back of your rotation and maybe roll the dice on a two-star guy. That's bottom line? We sum it up with that? I think so. I think so, yeah. Perfect. Then it's email time. Fantasy Baseball at CBSInteractive.com. Here's first email from somebody whose name I forgot to print out. <laughs> hey, hey, you. Hey, buddy. <laughs> you, Darvish. Great show. Listen every day. Best outfield option for this year only. 
12-team deep league head-to-head with OPS as a sixth category. Do you like any or all of these guys better than Jason Bourgeois? So we'll throw Bourgeois on the list, and we'll say David Murphy, Alex Presley, Rajay Davis, Ryan Rayburn, Ryan Domit, Mike Karp, and Luke Scott. I think I like every single one <laughs> better than Bourgeois. <laughs> All right, well, pick, pick uh, your top two. Top two. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, like Nando, I like David Murphy. All I don't right. think I love him, but I do like him. And then uh, I think we're going to go Ryan Rayburn because of the second base flexibility there. I'm going to go with Dumit because of his flexibility that he's going to pick up with catcher first, outfield, wherever he can move him. Uh, but I guess we're looking for an outfielder. Um, Murphy, obviously, is, is the guy I like. Rayburn's not a bad option either. Yeah, those, those three kind of stand out. Reggie in North Carolina. Our points for starting pitchers are 10 points for a win, minus 5 for a loss, 5 for a complete game, 5 for a shutout, 3 for a quality start, a strikeout, a point per strikeout, and a negative one point for an earned run. The following young starters are currently available. Trevor Bauer. Scat, who's Skaggs? Uh, Tyler Skaggs. Tyler Skaggs. Tyson Ross, Jared Parker, Brad Peacock, Brad Peacock, and Drew Pomerantz. I've listened to you talk about each of these for 5x5 Roto formats. How would you look at them for our points league scoring? Um, so Bauer, Skaggs, Ross, Parker, Peacock, Drew Pomerantz. Who would be the first two you'd consider adding? Man, Pomerantz and Scott Bauer. yesterday said Bauer was like the, yeah. So, yeah, Pomerantz and Bauer for me. You know, the, the problem is, well, actually, it's not really a problem. Ross pitches more innings. Um, I, think he, uh, I think Tyson Ross will pitch more innings than a lot of these other guys. Um, and Pomerantz gets a lot of strikeouts. So I guess those are the two. Quality, you get a quality start and a win. You know, those two sometimes go hand in hand, so. You want to look for the guys who are going to at least pitch six innings, um, which I'm assuming is all of them. But sometimes they, they pull the rookies a little early. Sure. Save the arms. So if you were going to give two, Al said Bauer and Pomerantz. I think, Ross, I think Ross and Pomerantz, just all things considered, you know, when they're going to be playing for these teams, you know, how often they'll be pitching, stuff like that. Mike in Detroit, dear Globo Jim, Purple Cobras of Fantasy Baseball. Nice. <laughs> Wait, those are the bad guys, though. Yeah, they were. <laughs> But they were the team that had laser and taser and all the other azers. <laughs> oh, I team. like it. Who would you rather have, Corey Hart or Nick Markakis in a head-to-head points league? Markakis. Yeah, I think you go Markakis on that one. And finally, Sean from West Windsor. Oh, uh, you got to read the P.S. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. P.S. I recently <laughs> No, there's added... no need to read the oh, P.S. Oh, uh, of course. <laughs> I recently added Nando in all my fantasy softball leagues in hopes of him winning the Comeback Player of the Year award. <laughs> so are we on the right track with that? Man, I had, I had some really I, – I played, I played right field last game, um, four catches, wow. ran, ran a couple of them down, uh, doubled a guy off second in one of them. Nice. Over uh, 2, reached on fielder's choice from the <laughs> – from the batter's box. I'm more of a score sheet player than a fantasy rotisserie points league type player. So well, You made uh, contact, though. Oh, yeah. The, no more. St- well, look, I knew what I was doing wrong. I figured it out after the, after the game. Is my swing, I, I, was, I was swinging like a golf. Because, like, uh, you know, I had most recently played golf. So I was holding on to the, the bat with both hands like, <laughs> like a jerk. So uh, I went to the batting cages before the game, which were closed. But, you know, one of the guys let me swing the bat a bunch of times before. Oh, that's and nice. I would swung a bat since the you know, last softball season up north. It's you know this, It's not like riding a bike. It's not. Yeah, <laughs> you have to practice. I need at least 10 at-bats until I'm back to my normal self. Yeah, well, me swinging a golf club would be pretty laughable. That, I would probably strike out. 
Um, yeah, now I'm screwed next time I play goalie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sean's question is, I'm in a league that uses on-base percentage in place of average. In this league, am I right to be high on Carlos Pena? I haven't heard you mention him all year. We mentioned him when I mistakenly drafted him in one of our Roto Leagues <laughs> for $2. Um, <laughs> go ahead, guys. Well, that's not terrible, 2 bucks for Carlos Pena. That's not it, terrible it at all. It felt Man, bad great. at that point. It really? felt bad. It was, yeah, I think he just wanted somebody else. But Yeah. yeah no, but was, you're right. It's not bad. Yeah. By the way, Al and I, I'm, I'm helping him out with his auction tomorrow. He's going to be busy. I'm going to be filling in. I'm coming. I'm coming in oh, yeah. from the uh, from the pen. <laughs> and let, I, I let the record show Nando just hit his left arm <laughs> as if he were calling to the bullpen. I'm a right. Eddie's, I'm a, Eddie's a righty. That's the best part. <laughs> but I like I'd get Carlos Pena for two dollars in a in a heartbeat in that league. Yeah, I'll be I'll be happy with that. If you're happy with that, yeah. <laughs> so, but sir, the, if I may, sir. I would. <laughs> uh, yeah, on base, sure. Yeah, his value definitely. Uh, Increases. Sean's right, man. Yeah. We have not been talking about Carlos no, Pena a lot. It's not just. I mean, uh, I mean, as a whole, like this this fantasy expert community <laughs> has totally ignored Carlos Pena. Well, then go ahead. Thoughts on Carlos Pena? A lot of home run power. He's he seems to be comfortable in Tampa Bay. I don't yeah. know. Is I, he going to hit? Be, you know, one forty. Forty. No, I think he's two forty, two fifty. He's batting average killer, but upside of two seventy though. He's done that before. Yeah, I don't see him doing that. <laughs> I don't see him doing I, I it, see but. him doing more 222-25, but in this league, that's irrelevant. On exactly. base, he'll, he'll put up a good uh, good number there. He still counts home runs. I mean, that's what you yeah. get Carlos Pena for. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Uh, we will talk to you all on Monday. Make sure you check out the updated planners on the website, fantasynews.cbsports.com. And have a great weekend. If you're celebrating a holiday, enjoy. Talk to you soon. <laughs>